Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. No, not the World Cup edition. Uh, Jez and I have only just got over that, I think it's fair to say. So we'll leave that in the past for another four years. But uh, we are back with League on Action, of course. We've had two rounds of matches since we last recorded uh, a league-based pod. And we've got Coupe de France ahead, which I know Phil will fill us in on a little bit later on as well. So we are going to combine two match days into one um, as the Christmas period is often a busy one. And this is the first time that France have had a quote unquote Boxing Day fixture list, as well as the games that have been played in recent days. So uh, I need a panel to discuss these with. Um, So first of all, Jez, welcome back. Um, Have you got any feedback from the hate mail you sent Emmy Martinez yet or has he... Has he gone quiet? <laughs> um, I haven't heard anything yet, but I assume he's still celebrating somewhere. Yeah. Um, More importantly, do you know where Alexis McAllister is? Because I'm not sure anybody does. <laughs> he hasn't come back yet, has he? Yeah, yeah, he came on a sub yesterday for Oh, us. did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was, I was reading something last week saying that that uh, they, they didn't know when he was due back or something. So good to know that he's back. Um, but um, yeah, well, we, got, uh, we got some good PR out of it because he... He he was given a hero's welcome back to the training ground, and even Lionel Messi liked a Brighton tweet or a Brighton post. So. Bloody hell, heady times, heady times. There's been quite a few players I saw Messi returning to training today with to a standing ovation from his teammates. So um, yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, less of the World Cup, better. Um, Phil, you're back. How are you? Uh, yeah. How are you doing? Did you did you enjoy what you saw of the World Cup, excluding the final? <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, the four games in a day thing was a bit much, but uh, mm. oh, whatever. But now, now we're back and we can put all of that horribleness behind us in a box. Yes. So absolutely. happy new year. Absolutely. And we've got a guest this week. Um, we, we've got a guest who. He might not be very happy right now, more of which we'll come on to, but he's more than welcome onto the pod. Uh, it's, it's our resident uh, Angers fan, Thomas, or Tom for short. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Football aside, <laughs> my, uh, my team. <laughs> yeah, I said before, it was very, very surreal to, to be on the podcast because I've been listening to it for, God, five years, six years maybe. So uh, yeah, so a dream come true, you might say. Well, you're you're more than welcome, and uh, and I'm sure if, if all goes well today, no pressure, but we'll invite you back. So if you're terrible, <laughs> then that this will be your one and only. No, I'm joking. Um, but no, lovely to have you, and uh, we will certainly be sort of chatting to you about a little bit about Angers, the club close to your heart, as well as all the other bits and bobs we've got to cover. So look forward to that. Right, uh, let's jump in then. So what we're going to do is a little bit different, kind of reverting to old old school a little bit here i'm just going to list the results from match days 16 and 17 and then we will sort of drill down into some of the teams from there so uh, on the return to match day 16 on the 28th of december we had uh, unfortunately for tom one nil defeat to uh, for Angers to ajaxio uh, trois and nantes drew nil nil uh, Monaco beat Auxerre by three goals to two. Clermont lost at home to Lille by two goals to nil. PSG got back into action in the two and went over Strasbourg. And Lyon started well after the break. Didn't quite end up that way. They beat Brest 4-2. Uh, Lorient unfortunately lost the Chrisfield derby to Montpellier by two goals to nil. Rams uh, beat Rennes, rather surprisingly, that game by three goals to one, although we may well come on to Rams a little bit later on, so they're doing good things. Nice and Lens drew 0-0, and Marseille hit to lose for six. I don't think anyone really saw that coming. 
And then moving on to the most recent match day, which was match day 17. These games were played last Sunday uh, into this past Monday. Monaco beating Brest by a goal to nil. Uh, poor old Angers losing to uh, my beloved Lorient by two goals to one. Nort beating Osea uh, by one goal to nil. Toulouse bouncing back from their defeat to Marseille by beating Ajaxio 2 nil at home. Uh, Lyon, who we will certainly come on to, lost at home to Clermont. All is not well there. Lens beat PSG by three goals to one. We'll certainly touch on that in a moment. And then on the Monday games, Strasbourg losing at home to Troyes by three goals to two. They're in all sorts of trouble. Lille drawing Rivras by uh, a one-all scoreline. Montpellier, unfortunately, fulfilled going down to Marseille by two goals to one. And Rennes uh, beating Nice by two goals to one. Although, unfortunately for Martin Terrier, that probably wasn't the biggest part of that story, which again will touch on in a bit. So let's go over what has been going on then. Um, we'll start at the top, just just so that uh, Tom can, can sort of um, hold back from his upsetness at the moment. <laughs> we'll start with PSG. Uh, Phil, I'll, I'll come to you first of all. What have you kind of made of their resumption? Because it, they have suffered a defeat. It's their first defeat in 25 games, completely outplayed by Lens. They did beat Strasbourg, although that's a little bit like kicking away. Well, that's actually the one I thought was more kind of indicative because mm-hmm. obviously Strasbourg are significantly further away from the top of the table than Lanza. And that was of um, game 16, kind of the second match where I felt a team uh, won while making life very, very hard for themselves. You have Monaco. Uh, really kind of struggling um, early in the earlier game. And then PSG, it took a 96th-minute penalty for Mbappe to get the winner. Um, Strasbourg must have been absolutely gutted. I mean, they didn't score because Marquinhos was one of two players um, since the restart to score the goal and an own goal in the same game. Um, I'm sure Tom will tell us who the other one is later. Uh, So... Yes, that wasn't a very good start uh, after their break. Obviously, PSG did have 11 players away at the World Cup, um, so possibly might be expected to be a bit, well, knackered. And having Neymar sent off um, in the Strasbourg game didn't exactly help. When is his sister's birthday? (laughs) I'm not sure it's this early, but yeah. But against Lance, they were just taken apart, really. Uh, Lance were up and atom and enthusiastic and efficient and well-organised and all of those things that happens when you're a team and Bree Samba was great. Mm. Um, so, and also it should be mentioned that Lance, uh, Frankowski and Appender, who both scored for Lance, were also at the World Cup, so might be expected to have been a bit tired as well and weren't. So... Yeah, PSG not really crashing into 2023, as they would have hoped, I think. Um, But they're still four points clear, and I'm sure they'll manage to sort themselves out to a certain extent. Mm. But it's looking a bit underwhelming so far. So let's see how that goes and if anyone can take advantage to push them. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly the question I'm going to put to you, Jez. I know you wanted to mention Neymar, so feel free in your answer as well. But I guess the straightforward question I'd ask you is, does this one defeat 
from the first, like I said, in 25 matches. Does this mean we have a quote-unquote title race? I mean, I, I think everyone expects PSG to still kick on, but you can't discount the form of Lons and their wonderful gold strips. I mean, they absolutely took PSG apart in this particular game. And the fact that they're, what's that, sort of four defeats and four wins in the last five, stretching back before the World Cup, and they're on a charge, aren't they? Is, is there a, a risk of a title race here? I think there's the potential for it. I think Lance have only lost one match this season, I think, as well. And and it's a shame that they only came out of the Nice match with a with a nil-nil, because two two points definitely sort of appears to make things more, more interesting. Um and I think we've discussed before how possibly the World Cup will play into their hands because they didn't have too many players on international duty and the the way they play, sort of very high intensity, sort of all action, end to end. Um, you know, everyone joins in the attack, then everyone presses and and does their defensive shift as well, is sort of quite tiring. And so mid-season break arguably suits them more than anyone else. Um, but I guess like everything else, it, it just it always comes down to which PSG turn up. And I thought what was interesting was that to an extent we saw the two different PSGs over those two matches and neither of them particularly impressed mm. um the first one yet again it was Mbappe sort of saving their blushes at the end of the match um which we saw or we've seen a lot the last few years but especially last season um you know that okay Messi wasn't there but they still had two of the two of the big stars in in Neymar and Mbappe there and and you know I I certainly expect that Mbappe will still be 100% up for this season I mean he, he turned up for training two days after the World Cup final um Messi I don't know um you know he's achieved everything he's got to achieve now I would have said that he probably won't be trying too hard but then there's rumors that he's going to sign his contract extension so maybe he's a little bit more motivated than I'm giving him credit for and Neymar I expect to still to go back to the one that we've seen the last three, four years of basically not caring. And you know, I, I don't think, although he set up Marquinhos' goal and I thought the first booking that he got was very harsh, I think, you know, getting a second booking a minute later for diving tells you that he's, you know, as thick and unmotivated as he ever has ever been. Mm. Um, so, yeah, even with a couple of the stars there, they didn't entirely convince against Strasbourg. And then against Lens, you sort of, I suppose you you expect that when the stars aren't there, they might not look as good going forward, but it should give them a little bit more solidity going backwards because they're going to have more of their sort of workhorses there. And, and, you know, whoever they do have in attack is maybe going to do a bit more of a defensive shift. And yet they were ripped apart by 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 Lance and um you know even if you look at some of the the first teamers I thought Don Rummer was really poor again probably mm. was at fault for the first goal arguably for the second as well um Sergio Ramos I yeah I could I could watch the way he fell for for Lance's second goal all day long it was absolutely hilarious and obviously it- like trying to claim that he was tripped up or something as funny as it is, I mean, it also just highlights that he's way past it, but we knew that when PSG signed him, I think. Um, so th- there's still a lot of the the same issues there. Um, so, yeah, PSG should still win the title easily, but it just depends 
how bad their bad players are, how motivated their good players are, and how distracted and how far into the season they're distracted by the Champions League. Yeah, a lot of ifs, buts and maybes there. Um, before I come on to Tom, um, and I will have a look at some of the chasing pack below them, just one other quick question for you. Um, Gaultier's comments about, uh, I think it's Garby and um, Zaire, isn't it? The other young player they've got who, uh, and I think that this the I think he's the, he's the centre back, isn't he? That the, the talk is about Ramos and the contract. They're weighing up whether to keep him or not. And Gaultier said he doesn't want to sign another centre back which will halt the progress of the young players coming through, implying that you know, he wants to give the youngsters a chance. Does that... Shubu, I think it was called, wasn't he? That's the budget. Ma- that's the one. massive, isn't he? Yeah, he's like six at five or something stupid mm. at like 17. Um, yeah. Is the argument then that Ramos sticking around for a bit longer would help that development? Or if it was you, would you be moving them on, moving him on and, and giving those youngsters a chance? Because Garby in particular, I mean, he got booked, I think, for a petulant tackle but he looks sort of decent um they, they, they've got they've got young talent there and you've said it for a long time Jez, haven't you about like the incunkus of this world i know pembele's back at the club now there's so many players that they could have given a chance they didn't they went for expensive signings would, would you did you read into gautier's comments on that, well, I, was that I was actually thinking during the world cup of like trying to put together a, a champions league winning ex-psg 11 <laughs> got like the likes of menion rabio Nkunku, Diaby, Komen. It's a pretty good team putting mm. together. Um, and so they've always had this good youth system. It's just that the one club that isn't benefiting from it is PSG. Um, and you know, yeah, Garbi, Zai, Emery, Bichiabu, there's um, Husni is meant to be the next Husni, big yeah. star as well. So mm. there's definitely players there. And, and you know, the noises that were made in the summer about giving the youngsters a little bit more of a chance you know i'm sort of prepared for the moment to 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 think that gautier and and campos will do that and they have sort of given a few indications that that they may do but um yeah it's about those players being given the chance and then taking it and and in terms of someone like ramos he's probably i would assume a very good person from whom young centre-backs can learn Mm. but at the same time if you're paying him whatever he's being paid you probably feel also obliged to play him and so that's kind of you know on the one hand they're benefiting from his experience but on the other hand not benefiting because they're not getting to play much because he's having to be played in front of them Mm. so yeah I think it's a, a sort of fine balance to draw yeah, yeah, it is a tough one. And, and it's all about, as you say, like what sort of influence they are rather than just signing on a name, isn't it? Um, uh, Bichiabu, by the way, 17 years of age, six foot four. Yikes. Anyway, um, Tom, let's come on to you and, and have a little bit of a chat about the chasing pack then. We kind of mentioned Lons, but I want to group them into a group of four, Lons, Marseille, Rennes and, and Monaco. Um, of the the league that, that you've watched this season, and and of the clubs where you've you've seen Angers play as well, how well, which of those sort of four have you been most impressed with? And and a sort of a sub question to that: Does the injury to Martin Terrier sort of potentially not rule Ren out of of a, a push for a, you know a top four place because they've still got quality, but he's very key to that particular setup, isn't he? So, who of those four teams have you been most impressed with, and why? I think talking about Terrier, such a huge miss. I mean, mm. he's probably been 
well, he's been one of the best attackers in the you know the top five leagues for the past probably two years for Ren. And this was you know this was his season really. Um, he's so important to them. I, I just don't. I, I worry about Ren now because you're relying on you know somebody as talented as Jeremy Doku, but it's just just not as as consistent as as Terrier. So uh, I'm honestly not sure how that how that plays out for them, but I would be worried because he, he's he's sort of clutched them out of um, draws and and uh, definitely won them points with his goals. Um, but in, I mean, looking at I'm, I think probably every club that's not one of the quote-unquote established names is just jealous of Lance. I mean, I am, <laughs> obviously, but <laughs> not my established club, you know, because they've just... They've just, oh, they're just so well run. You can see all the, you can see how they plan for even, for example, um, what was his name? Matt Marley and uh, Decore. I remember yeah. watching Decore when he, when he, I think, I think I watched his debut when he played in League 2 for Lance. And then he leaves and they've just got an immediate replacement ready in um, Abdul Samid. And it's just such good planning and, and recruitment. They're not spending that much money. I mean, they've, they've spent a bit of cash now in this summer, but that's only off the back of the good performances they've had. And I'm, I'm surprised. I think we're all, we're all, we're all surprised last year that they didn't actually make it into, into Europe. They were, I think it was on the last day, that crazy last day. Um, and they were lucky to not get through, but I think this time round, you can't really, they're, they're in such a good spot and such a good position. Um, I see them really getting somewhere, somewhere in Europe easily. Um, mm-hmm. Because you've got what was the other two we mentioned? Monaco, Marseille will be up there. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think we'll we'll get onto Leon, but I don't think they're really a, a challenger. The, I think the points were are quite. I think Leon were was it eight points off. Might be a bit. A bit I will tell you. I'm um, twenty four at the moment. Yeah, so ten ten points off fourth and nine points yeah. off fifth. It's yeah. just a huge gap. It's a huge mm. gap already. Um. So. Yeah, for lot. I mean, I'm not. I think I see Lance getting European football, but it depends where they where they do end up. Um, Marseille again, they just <laughs> seem to just grind results. Mm. Um, you know, they play. Was it? Uh, it was Montpellier. Yeah, it was Montpellier. Yep. They played. Yeah, and uh, um, Tavares sent off. <laughs> yeah, which um, last minute wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. Which then gave Montpellier the penalty in the ninety first minute, which of course Savanier converted which made that scoreline look a bit more reasonable from a Montpellier <laughs> point of view. Um I think Marseille were probably just basking after their uh tennis call win over to lose. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. And it was um five different scorers they got an own goal in that one as well but it was Roger Kalas Payet under with the penalty and Tavares. So you know they're spreading the threat around, which is always mm. something that's going to make make people think. And you know you're having a bad day when Saikalasnach finesses through about four of your defenders with a slalom <laughs> run. That's when you know things are really at rock bottom. By the way, um, <laughs> can, I, can I do my fun fact? Yes, of course. Uh, yeah. Sorry, um, it's a Toulouse-based fun fact. Though, does anybody remember Ali Aramada? The name rings. Oh, about. the keeper. Yeah, the keeper who scored in who scored for Toulouse last minute with a diving header. 
mm-hmm. um, and was a France under-21 player who now plays for Comoros. Yeah. Guess where he is? I feel like I've seen this. He's in Tanzania. Tanzania. For oh, Azam. wow. They, even have they a are league. not yeah. impressed with him. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, I know I said that I could watch the hilarity of Ramos for that third, second goal all day. I recommend to anyone looking up Ahamada's performance, I think it was for Toulouse against Rennes. It was 5-0 and he had, he basically probably had an assist for all five of Rennes' goals. Yeah. No, he he had one really good season where he kept loads of clean sheets and scored that goal. And then everything seemed to go very, very wrong from there. But anyway, yes, he's in Tanzania um, playing for Azam, as I learned from uh, Salim Moussad, who's one of the uh, founders of Sandalf Goalposts. So I, I get my fix of Tanzanian football chat. Yeah, from, I think I must have seen it on Twitter. Salim. Yeah. 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 There you uh, go. That's a I mean, that. And that is that is a random fact of the day. <laughs> I can't top that, I have to say. Um, just before I come on to you, Jez, because I know we want to talk about a certain Monaco starlet, um, just one other question on, on Marseille uh, to you, Tom. Do you see Marseille as... We've had the Igor Tudor effect, and like you said, they're almost becoming like workmen-like. Do you mm. see that being a, as a relationship that will, will stand the, the sort of the test of times. I know Jez and, and Phil and I have discussed this at, at length. We're not convinced. Do you sort of feel like they'll be able to sustain this to the end of the season? I mean, they've got a fairly clear run. They've obviously got European yeah. football to come, but what do you reckon? Mm. I mean, the, that yeah, crazy European football well, last game against Tottenham was probably, it might have helped them in the, in the long term for this season, but I don't know. Marcia just seemed to have this, this thing of grinding up games. I remember them doing it under um, Vyash Boas. They just used to grind out horrible, horrible games just to just get a, a goal here or, you know, a bit of luck here. I, I, I do see what you mean, but they just have this thing about them that they, they somehow manage to to get over the line and then, well, typically fail in the European competitions. They were kind of a little bit unlucky and maybe a bit naive this time around. But yeah, I just, I think they might just get there. Mm. It also sets that question, doesn't it? It's like, why qualify for the Champions League if you're going to be out of it again very quickly straight after? Yeah, Yeah, it's a very strange one. Um, Speaking of qualifying for Champions League, potentially, Jez, that that does bring us on. I wanted to ask you a bit about Monaco. Um, Tell me all about uh, this young prodigy that has stepped off the bench and into the the first team because he's making quite a stir and, and it seems like despite what looks like they're going to lose uh, Badia Shilo to Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, Chelsea overpaying for a, a defender. Who'd have thought? Um, but yeah, what would you make of Ben Seguir and uh, the rise of Monaco? Because on paper, that squad looks like it's got enough, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's sort of, after maybe a couple of years where they didn't really know what they were doing or what their inverted project was, they seem to now be sort of bringing young players through like they've they've also got a, a good youth system that maybe they haven't fully taken advantage of in the past and there's a couple of the players coming through they've got a nice balance within the team and um you know on, on the one hand they've got Ben Yedder still scoring his penalties and doing very little else and on the <laughs> other hand they've got this guy Ben Seguir who who comes on and and 
scores two goals on his debut, one a, a decent enough finish, and the other one a, a bit of a worldie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he backed it up with a with another good performance um, in their in their second match, and I just I thought it was it was nice to see sort of coming straight off the World Cup just to kind of show that you know there's just more and more of these players coming off the the sort of French conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he qualifies to play for for Morocco as well, and you know we saw like um, again maybe of interest to Tom, but um, Ayn Nouri looks like he's chosen to to play for Algeria after playing for for various French youth levels. So you know it's not necessarily the case that he's going to go on to to play for France, but it it just shows that you know in so many of these clubs. Um, there's there's just more and more of these players coming through and and for every bad issue we lose leaves a ridiculous amount of money um uh yeah there's a, another quality youth product at monaco who, who who's now sort of making a name for himself mm. ready to step into the breach who would you back in that race for sort of the the champions league spots would, do you think it will be as it is now or if we take psg as a given i guess do you do you sort of have a preference over over those clubs that are chasing? Um, I, I'd i be surprised if anyone else breaks into the top four. Um, I'm just not sure that other teams are sort of consistent enough. Um, I think Lille have played some really good stuff, but also some pretty bad stuff. And and you know, even the other day, the fans weren't weren't particularly happy um, with them. And Fonseca sort of had, had a few words in in their direction mm. um i think it's just a, a question of of what the order might be well no i guess sorry i guess monaco could, could break into the top four i was thinking i just got my very basic maths right um <laughs> yeah i think it's definitely between those five but i think psg and loss are locked in and as tom said i think marseille will ground out enough result grind out enough results and then just for Ren and Monaco, I think it, it is a question of consistency because both of them can sort of go missing. And well, Monaco, I think, as a team, can occasionally go missing. And then for Ren, I I thought on paper, I would say in a way, Terrier isn't a big miss because when you look at the the forward players that they've still got there, like Kalimwendo and Suleimana and Doku, this. And Bougiejour sort of supporting from from midfield, for example. There's still so much talent there, Desiree um, Douai as well. But Terrier's just been so consistent with his goal. I think he's like in around 100 appearances for Ren, he's got 40 odd goals and 20 odd assists. It's a fantastic record. And I just don't think there's any others who can be relied on that consistently. Um, mm. I don't think Callum Window can do it by himself. I really have not been impressed with Suleiman or Doku. They're the kind of players that when they have a good game, they look like stunning world beaters, but then they'll do nothing. So YouTube. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I worry about, as as Tom said, Terrier will come up with goals that will sort of turn an average performance into a win. Um, And I'm not sure the others can do that. So Monaco could pick Ren, could pip Ren, but I definitely think it's, from those five, and I think for PSG and Lance, it would take a huge drop off for either of them to to lose a European place. Mm. Well, yeah. one thing I uh, mentioned about Monaco earlier, kind of making life hard for themselves in the first game, um, 
They were playing Auxerre, who've got the worst attack in the league and the second worst defence, at least before the whole Toulouse situation later on um, in that round. And Monaco seemed to be kind of playing deep and setting back. And he's like, why are you doing that? Um, and it just felt a bit like it hadn't really gelled. And when they beat Brest 1-0 in the last match, that was a beautiful goal from Golovin, by the way. Yeah. Um, but after that happened, they took their foot off the gas a bit. And it's like, Brest is probably safe enough to do that because they're kind of down at the bottom as well. But that seemed a slightly risky thing to do. Mm. Um, so it would have been, would they be able to kind of pull themselves back together? The Ren, I agree, I think, with, with both of you, that Terry has a miss. But look at, you know, they lost to Rance uh, in the first game back after the break. And it took a uh, last-minute winner from Bibi Bourgeois to um, to get the win against Nice um, more recently. So, yeah, it's going to be about consistency. And mm. they do seem to be up and down. Our good friend, Tarek Amir, um, who is our long-suffering OL correspondent, frequently refers to OL as consistently inconsistent. And uh, that might be something that has an effect, um, obviously, over the next next couple of couple of games uh, throughout the rest of the season, if they can put runs together like Marseille have, like Lance have, um, great. But if they do bounce up and down, it's going to be a case of which of them bounces less, if you see mm. what I mean. Who's less bounce here. Yeah. Um, sticking with you as well for a minute, that moves us on to two other clubs. So I'm going to spare you, Leon, but I do want to ask you about Nice. You mentioned them there. They did lose that game. To Ren, um, terrific goal from Ross Barkley in that one. To be fair, he's uh, he's a player I quite like. I don't know why, just one of those sort of players I do quite like. Maybe one of the small successes, but all doesn't appear to be well there. I think Aaron Ramsey returned to training two weeks late. There's talk of a, a split dressing room. Um, Ineos continue to flirt with about seventeen other clubs rather than the club that they've got their money in in, in Nice. And Lucien Favre, bless him, is is still sort of clinging on to his job seemingly week by week. What what I feel like we've asked this question a hundred times, but I'm going to ask it the hundred and first time. What do you make of this project, Nice? And do you do you feel like it'll it'll have a bit of a rough ending in terms of that eventually, you know, either they will just remove themselves entirely from this, or they'll just sort of rip up the book and start all over again? Is that to me? Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Because um, I actually didn't see either of their matches this weekend because I was on other uh, channels. But everything that seems to be coming out of the club chat wise does suggest that it's not a particularly happy place. Um, and that goes from the management all the way down. And so, again, you know, they've got 21 points. They are way off um, any of the European spots. And there doesn't seem to be much um, indication that they're going to um, kind of pull themselves out of that until mm. some people start acting a bit more organised. So, yeah, it's a, a slightly odd situation, but they have been a team that's kind of gone up and down and up and down in the league over the, the the last 
couple of seasons and um it's it may be that where they are i mean they're significantly better in form terms than the clubs below them but are they significantly better than the teams above them in the table mm. in no no so, best I think bunch. to be fair to them, that was their first league defeat since the first of October. Yeah, so they yeah, still have steadied good... the sh- yeah they've steadied the ship and they've sort of shown, you know, they've at least given Favre some backing. So at least he hasn't sort of got the sword hanging over his head kind of thing. But I just think they've been completely sort of hamstrung by a ridiculous summer transfer policy mm, first of all they did a lot yeah. late secondly they swapped Guiri for for Laborde um, wow. they brought in Ramsey who's shown the last couple of weeks that he just doesn't really give a shit anymore Barkley another who blows very hot and cold so I think there is still talent there but it's just a, a very strangely cobbled together squad mm. yeah agreed did Ineos take over it was a good it was like what Three or four years back, yeah, it feels like it. I, I feel like it might even be longer than that. It's one of those that really, yeah, I, I may be wrong. I, I thought it was more like four or five, but it is one of those that you just sort of forget. Oh, yeah, um, I might I'm sure they said actually. something when they first came in saying, Oh, well, within three or four seasons, we'd be competing with PSG and you know, in the Champions League qualifying, yeah. Although, don't they all? That, but... <laughs> no, it's yeah, usually doing better than they are, yeah. yeah. I just, I just think that. I, I I think that Ratcliffe is probably one of the few people that can afford to buy Manchester United. Mm. And he's from Manchester, like myself. So I just think he might just go, I don't, I don't know. He, 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 he obviously was interested in Chelsea. The report said that, but I don't know if he can turn this down and these, you know, these fans obviously wouldn't be very happy about that. No. And when you compare the, I don't know what Man United are for sale for as we speak, but they paid 91 million to take over at Nice in, in the summer of 2019. So yeah, it's coming up four years. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, you 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 do kind of wonder. Man United paid more than that for Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a very good point. It's the, you very just think point. about the it's just completely separate world, doesn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do also wonder if there's an element of, I don't know where Ratcliffe himself lives, but I would imagine he's got enough money for a rather nice yacht in the bay um, in the nice sunshine of Nice. And I do wonder if there was an element of that when he bought that club as well, uh, sort of a base yeah. to set up. You're, camp saying, you're saying he picked it for a parking spot? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> is that what I I'm saying? There's a lot maybe of estate agents who make a big deal about parking, but that, that's, that's interesting. It's not the same as just chucking a towel down on the sun lounger, is it? You've got to have a good parking spot for your yacht. So um, let me ask you about Leon then, Tom. Uh, I know Jez will want to go to town on them, so I'll I'll give you first dibs. Um, I mean, I don't really know where to start. Do we start with the fact they've they've brought in Dejan Lovren? Um, I don't even know what to say about that. He's coming back, of course. The the sign of Boateng. Yeah. That didn't but work. Did contracts, it? what, three years long? Was it? Yeah. Which? How old is he? I he's think pretty he's 32, old. I think. I think he's 32. Again, I'll oh, check that. But so we've got Lovren coming back, seemingly Boateng going out the door. I fully expect uh, Samuel and Titi to be playing up front within three weeks because I'm sure he's the next one to come back through the door. Um, Lacazette's got a hamstring injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. They've got, as usual, a ridiculous amount of talent in, in the youth ranks, but 
you know, how how much can they rely on that before they're sold off? Uh, Jose Mawa is apparently off to Roma. Um, and Laurent Blanc's trying to get himself sorted. I mean, what from an outsider looking in? Jose Mawa's preferred destination is Milan. Which is great. Oh. My preferred wife is Scarlett Johansson. I was just going to say, you know, my preferred <laughs> lifestyle is millionaire, but, you know, we can't have it all, can we? Um, what, what have you made of them, Tom, in terms of sort of sitting for an absolute massive club, massive fan base, mm. um, et cetera, and so on? But they're just not they're not consistent at all, are they? And they're, they're just showing up to being a bit of a basket case at the moment. Well, I mean, over the years, Leon have been that team where you thought they'd push PSG further. They were they probably finished second or third a lot of times and then the last few few years they've dropped off. But I always want to see a, a, a strong and a power, powerful Leon. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long ago that they had, uh, oh God, I can't remember his name now, Toussaint and, uh, and Dombele and, well, I was still there. And they were, you know, dominating City and stuff and that was such a, a fun team. But I don't know. I think, well, from my from from my perspective, what happens off the pitch does generally reflect what's what's happening on it. So perhaps there's some hope to be had that now all the deals are wrapped up, they can start to settle a bit more and maybe um, their form eventually does up, have an uptick in the yeah. second half of the season. Um, it's Leon, so I wouldn't, obviously I wouldn't rely on it. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, but... Yeah, they've just got. I mean, they always we'd say this, you know, for years. They've got so much talent. I think um, people have been screaming for Sharky to to get more game time, which he's which he has been doing and showing why he's you know regarded as a such an amazing talented player. Mm. Um, so that's at least a, a positive in there for them to uh, to hold on to. But yeah, it's. I mean, wasn't I think De Silva was playing at left back. On the weekend, and uh, yeah, yeah they, that's they seem to be like, ideal. I looked at one of their lineups, and um, I think it's since they've come back, they they seem to have gone. Uh, they've gone for Kumbedi, who's a seventeen-year-old who's been starting at right back now. Mm. Mentioned Lovren there; he's come in at thirty-three years of age. You've got Damien De Silva, who was supposed to be him at thirty-four years of age. Jerome Boateng at thirty-four. It almost feels like there's a bit of a um, sort of an imbalance in the squad, and that you've got. You say you've got old, experienced players. You've got old, old, experienced players and then very young players. There's no like that in the middle, 24, 25-year-olds. Um, and of those couple of players they have got, Ruman Fev is, is one. He was criticised by Blanc at the weekend. Jeffrey Adelaide, not really fit, 24 years of age. We've mentioned Dawar at 24. That's, that's painful, that. Yeah, isn't it just? Adelaide, yeah. Yeah, such a talented young player, or, or was. Um and Toliso struggled to get fit since his return. Toko Kambe's mm. dropped off the face of the earth. I mean, there's so many things to go through. I feel like I need to give you the, the mic here, Jez. Um, you've got a few things to say, I think, about Leon, haven't you? What, what's your kind of thought about where they are at the moment what's happening over there? No, it's pretty similar to, to what you've both been saying. I mean, yeah, the, the, sort, of, the sort of green shoots of, of hope or whatever are that Texter has, has finally bought the club, which is hopefully a good sign, although the fact that it's taken this long is is maybe a little bit ominous in itself. Mm. Um and the fact that he also owns Crystal Palace shows that he's got horrific taste. Um 
and and certainly that Sherky coming coming into the team and and I think looking really good the last couple of matches Kakare running the show against uh, against Brest there are some positives there but there's other things that are, yeah just bizarre I mean I know Awa Blanc has brought Awa back in the team but I still think he's doing what he's always done which is kind of flattering a little bit to deceive as you said Toko can be you know, if everyone else worked as hard as him, that would be great. But I'm not sure he's anywhere near as as prolific or enough end products as there should be. And then, yeah, it's it's nice to see some of these players come back. But Lekip today went through 84 former Lyon players and, and the likelihood or not of them coming back. And although it sort of mainly speaks of a slow, slow news day for Lekip, um, I think it, it also is kind of maybe a little bit of a funny or unfunny dig at, at Lyon and their and their weird also transfer policy a bit like Nice and and Nice as well it seems to be a mixture of players who are past it and and very young talents who aren't yet consistent enough and and for Lyon it feels a little bit the same so um I I would hope that maybe give them give them a summer and maybe they'll have a little bit more sort of direction than the Nice have had and a little bit more money to spend because there are talents there. And as Tom said, that they should be the team that are able consistently to, to challenge PSG. But it's, I mean, so as a club, it's not happening. And as a team, they're not as bad. They should not be as bad as, as their position. There are, ta- yeah, the Lukeba, the, as you said, the Kambedi who, who came in, um, you've got Kakare and Le Penon who are, are talented enough. Um, there's problems there. Why is Fèvre's form completely gone? Um, Ren Adelaide give a sort of free pass because he's been so unlucky with injuries, but he still hasn't been able to kind of find any consistency since since he's come back. They're kind of what, what Tom said about you know, looking at what's happening off the pitch as well as on it. And I know I'm sure he's going to come back to that theme later on. But um, it, it feels like what what's happening with Lyon is a result of years of just having taken their eye off the ball, off the pitch as well. And the most obvious thing, you know, is, is looking at how well Florian Maurice is is bringing players in and recruiting at Rennes, for example. Um, he should be doing that at Lyon, um, but he he left because Juninho was was kind of you know everyone was kind of starstruck by Juninho. But just because you're a good free kick taker, it doesn't mean you're 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 good in the transfer market. Mm. Um, so they they've just made horrible decisions off the pitch, and it's I think it's just gradually not even gradually. I mean, it's been happening for a while now, but it's it's coming back to bite them on the pitch. And the hope is new ownership, a step towards new management might change things. But um, I feel like it might be a longer process than the Neon fans might want. Mm. Yeah, more more darker times ahead than maybe lighter times. And, um, and but they were really good against Brest. So if they can yeah, yeah, they were. that performance a bit more consistently. I guess the only issue with that game I would have is that that game could have ended 6 all. It was so like, just basketball and, and we we have to remember Brest are 17th I suppose but yeah, and I've got I, a new manager by the way. and I've got a new manager yeah yeah good point one one of several clubs um which we will certainly come on to in a second um 
Phil, let's let's come down the table a bit. Why not? Let's come down okay. to the, the bottom end. Um falls gently down. Yes, absolutely. Um I wanna I wanna sort of touch on actually I can't I kind of want to touch on two teams that you might have thought would have been down there but are not down there. Um but I might save those if we've got time for the end. Um what do you make of the, the current sort of scrap for relegation? Obviously, we'll save Angers for Tom, but Strasbourg is the one that jumps out of those bottom four, isn't it? I mean, we said before the break that that would give some time to Julian Stefan to put things into order, maybe look at some central transfer targets and just sort things out because it was not going well. And they've come back and lost two on the spin, albeit one to PSG in the 96 minutes, we said. But they're in real trouble now, aren't they? 11 points from a club that was just on the edge of Europe last year. Do you do you sort of feel like we're coming to the end of uh, of the, the time that Stefan has to, to turn this club around? Well, I think um, what they do in this transfer window seems to be, it could well be throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. But obviously with the budget they've got, that's not going to be... Um, stars but if they could bring in a couple of maybe older heads just to try to rescue them to the end of the season <laughs> um then uh you know you you think maybe they'll be looking at that mm. um because they're just and we've got the full go down situation which makes life even more uh perilous at the bottom so yes and uh we mentioned earlier about the coupe de france that they play each other uh strasbourg and angers and i think that's a match that nobody wants the fans the teams the players the tv um because heaven alone knows how depressing that will be yeah yeah it does it does seem like a bit of a Bit of an awkward one there, and so a club that really would expect more. When we look at the other two that are in that bottom group, though, Breston and Osea, would it be fair to say that along with Ajaxio, they're three clubs that you would expect to see down at that bottom end? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, Oxea just don't appear to be able to do anything well, mm. as I mentioned about them in the match against Monaco first. I've um, some interesting um, loan signings already. Mm. Touch on those in a second, yeah. Um, yeah, um, finish a, your point. Ajaccio, I think, look a bit more, a bit more like, lively, likely. I don't know quite how to say it. Surprisingly cute mascot as well as the fluffy white teddy bear who, after the... Uh, Game against Angers went round hugging absolutely everybody. As you must. They they seem to like it. Um, and Brest, I just can't really get my head around Brest, no. as it were, um, because they aren't very good, but they did still score twice against Leon, and so it's like, huh? mm. um, they feel a bit streaky a, to me. It's an odd one, mm. a very odd one. And are you willing to? say Montpellier are out of a relegation battle or are you not willing to jinx that at this stage? Yet? Well, I the the Crisfield Derby, I was actually impressed because they held on having scored very early and then getting a second in the 22nd minute. They didn't panic. 
they held on. Um, now, Lyon's performance in that match, I think, helped massively. But, and okay. against Marseille, it's basically a derby. They were, the TV team were saying, oh, and lots of Marseille fans have made the trip. Good for them. I'm like, they haven't made the trip. They got on the tram. They live here. Um, so I think uh, that was maybe an expected result. And as I said, the last minute penalty kind of made it look a bit better for them. So it's going to be a case of what can they do next? They do seem to have been making heavy weather of beating the teams around and below them and not really coming close to doing anything against the teams higher up, which is not a great book. But, mm. you know, they do have Savanier, Wahid. They've got some good players. It's just occasionally they do lose their cool and, and screw stuff up. And that's why the game against Lorient um, was reassuring. But then things went a bit south against Marseille. Yeah. And I can confirm we very much handed that game on a silver platter. Uh, yeah, although I think there was one period of play between the goals when there was just no ball control from no Lauren from either, yeah, at all. Yeah, um, which didn't improve vastly in the second half. So I will say, fair play to Sergio Sananio, it was a delicious free kick, but um, oh, yeah. yeah, but oh, other yeah. than that, it was not a day I particularly want to remember. Um, just before we open the big box, Mark Donger. Um, sorry, Tom, but we're going to have to do it. Um, did you want to touch on those? You mentioned a couple of signings for us. Say, I must admit, this has drifted past my uh, my looks. So, what, who have they brought in in this this window that you were you were referring to? There, there's already been sort of a couple of of moves that there's been nothing major, sort of from one country to another, apart from maybe Badishil, but. Mm. Within France, that there's been a couple of moves. Saint Etienne, I think, desperately trying to sort their way or buy their way out of trouble. So Charbonnier has left was there to to go to yeah. Saint Etienne, which, so with all due respect, Charbonnier is probably more his level. Um, but they've brought Slander. in Isaac Touré on loan from. from oh, I did see that one. Yes, Marseille, yeah. who I think could be a, a very good signing for them. Mm. Um, they've brought in. I didn't realize this one until today, but they brought in Matty Sablin from Rennes, so another oh, really wow. talented young young striker who did well, I think, for Le Havre last year. So again, has already proven that, that he's he's good at um, good at league de level, but um, you know, a year on might be able to just make that little bit of difference for us there. And they've been linked with um, Antiste, who was at Toulouse, but is now at Sassuolo. So another sort of talent who, who could bring something to the team. So, uh, yeah, I don't think any of them are, are guaranteed successes who are going to necessarily haul us there out of trouble. But I think I like that they're trying to do something about it. And I think they're interesting moves that, that mm. could, well, in six months' time, look like, brilliant moves yeah yeah no, definitely a couple of so Abelina I'm a big fan of so yeah that was one that uh, dipped under my radar for sure but um, yeah I'll say I certainly have a, a long second half of the season ahead of them as indeed do those clubs above them uh, Brest, Ajaxio arguably Montpellier even maybe as high as Trois but uh, Toulouse also struggling a little bit despite that win yeah, on Monday um, Tom unfortunately the time has come um, we are going to have to uh, tear off that that bandage. Um, what? It's not a bandage; it's a 
No, it's sort of a seeping, festering wound yeah. at this point. Full body cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mummy. Um, before we before we sort of go into the ins and outs, sort of change of manager, etc. Why don't you mm. let the listeners know why Angers? Because I'm sure many people will be thinking that question. Why is a why is a Mancunian all about Angers? So what what kind of attracted you to them initially when you sort of found that fandom? Oh God, um, this goes back years ago. Really, um, I used to just follow individual players from Africa and one of my favourites was um, Sheik Ndoy mm. who I uh, modelled myself after as a, as a football player not very good technically but I used to win a lot of headers so <laughs> um, so I used to watch him play for uh, Crete in Ligue 2 and then he moved on to a club that just got promoted to Ligue 1 so I thought oh it's interesting and then they signed a few I think they signed uh, Traore I thought I know him and then I thought oh I'll just take a look and see how they're doing in Ligue 2 oh, sorry Ligue 1 when they get promoted and then they were I think third by Christmas maybe so I sort of stuck to it and thought oh they're quite quite fun actually and I sort of getting used to and reading about different players and people at the club and Mulan and stuff like that and then not long after well I was just a I'm an avid supporter now I'm the the I guess the English face yeah <laughs> yes, of, uh, of Angers so yeah so yeah that's that's why and what bringing it on to this season? I mean, what mm. has gone wrong? We we know about the history of Stefan Moulin, sort of legendary figure in the club's history. And when he mm. decided at the back end of last season that that was it for him, um, Batty Clay came in, and it, it just hasn't really worked. I mean, I'll, I'll just hand it over to you. Really, single points this season, two wins, uh, only eight points on the board, five straight defeats. I mean, where where is nine. it going? Nine sorry, straight defeats. Nine straight defeats. So now I've got five of my respect screen, but... on that record, please. Yeah, sorry. Um, but and when I, I must admit, when when you went ahead against my beloved Lorient, I did think, oh, of course, we're going to be the team that snaps that. But mm. fortunately, that didn't happen. But um, what what is it? What do you feel is going wrong? And uh, I guess the bigger question is, how on earth do they fix it? Um. God, I need like 10 hours to explain this. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Andre were, you know, pre-COVID probably. Um, well, COVID doesn't really have that much to do with it, so partly. But they were, they were sort of known as a, a good example of a team coming up from the lower divisions and establishing themselves in, in Liga. And they did that very well. I mean, they've always had the one of the smallest budgets in the league. Never had that, you know, some of the players they had weren't particularly great. Um, but obviously, you know, they had Mulan and and some of these what who what became veterans of the club sort of just grinded them through the season. They were very they were very adept at just just finishing mid table quite safe, you know. And um the the feel of the club was much more positive and, and much more familial than it is than it is now. Um so it probably all started uh maybe about February of twenty twenty, which when the president was indicted for, well, not well, not very nice claims that haven't been. I think it's maybe June next year or something goes to court again. But anyway, that sort of started the procession. And then about a month later, well, actually, what happened was I went to Angers for the first time in March, just before lockdown started for my birthday. Uh, to, went to the, watch the first game that, um, at home. It was a derby against Nantes, and we won, which never really happens when we play non we play really well and then that was the last game before well, we all remember the, the season got well 
suspended and then and then eventually um not cancelled what would you call it um shortened so sort of yeah shortened yeah 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 so that was the last time yeah that's the last time we saw uh well we saw mulan i think the last time we were in the stage to see mulan anyway and then i come back and literally on my birthday um they announced that pq who was the the sort of like the general manager slash sporting director at the club had been suspended by the club and then about two months later he was sacked and pq We've been there since 2006 when the club was bought for about 300k and they were just in the third division, not really doing anything. Um, and he was one of the key figures at well, growing them into an actual league and club. And anybody knows much about well, French football, Ange aren't a big team, <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not really a big place, it's a nice, really nice city, actually. But historically, then they've not got any real pedigree um in 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 french football so it's kind of a miracle that they're, they're able to stick it in with what seven eight seasons now seven seasons yeah. um so yeah piku left and then him and mulan were very very close and we had the mulan had a season and then towards the end of it, it sort of started to go downhill and then he announced he was leaving he then takes himself and loads of the staff behind him who'd all been there for a very long time i mean uh, for example example that the goalkeeping coach at the at the time a guy called uh oh god i think it's arnold i think i can't remember his name now Ugh. anyway he was um the goalkeeper for angers in the 90s and then he retired in 2006 and this is when the club were you know tiny and they just gave him the goalkeeping coach. He said, do you want it? Yeah, sure. And he was there <laughs> all the way into 2020. Or um, well, 2021, sorry, when Mulan left. So it's that kind of feel about the club. Mulan left with all these people. Um, and then, obviously, we all know Batik was brought in by Shaban, and he hadn't really had a first-team job for a very long time, and not for a very long time when he was, I think it was Brest. And... Gave him a four-year contract, I think it was. And it was a whole new revival and blah, 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 blah. Um, started great for the first two months, I'd say. And then slowly went downhill. And then the second half of the season was shocking. And that was a seven-loss streak. So I thought, oh, well, you know. Can't get any worse. Pretty bad. <laughs> Can't get any worse than that, surely. And then the next sort of nail in the coffin was in the summer, they had a... I mean, a, not a dreadful transfer window, but a very impactful one because I think four of the five, there, there's been five sort of veteran players at Angers that have been there for ages. One of them was there, has been there since he was six. That was, was Monceau. And they all left. Um, I think two of them would sort of agreed they were leaving. And then the club offered, I think it might have been Tom and Monceau contracts. And it seemed they, they were pretty, especially, I mean, Traore didn't even want to turn up at the, ground for the last game of the season but they eventually convinced him to but it seems like the club had the uh, I don't know relationships are bittered towards the end um so they all left and that's you know I think it was close to a thousand caps of of experience they're all you know in the top um most appearing players in the club's history so it's pretty big they all left the only one left is Capel God bless him and then um the season happens and 
I mean, eight points is pretty harsh. They've they've not they've not been great. I'll admit that they've not been great, but eight points is really harsh, especially the last two games. I mean, fair play to Lorient. Lafayette scored an amazing, you know, such a great strike, but Angers just had so many chances to win that game and just put it to bed. But the problem they've had this season, as well as making so many errors to goals, um, is they just haven't been able to convert in attack. They've mm. been creating enough chances, but I think I looked and um, I think it was shortly after the game, I tweeted it out and a lot of Angers fans were sort of interacting with the tweet, but um, Adrian Hunu has missed the most sort of big chances um, of any player in the league, which is hilarious when he's playing for the bottom the, the bottom side. So, it just sort of, yeah. I mean, I do like Hunu. He's he's done very very well in every other part of his game, apart from when it comes down to finishing. But it's just that that just killed any sort of. I mean, there's mathematically it's easy enough. Easy, well, to, not easy to see, but it's possible that they they can survive. But mm. from a from my perspective, and probably many other supporters, when you see what's what's been happening over the past, you know, two to almost three years now um, behind the club, it's every sort of lost um, faith in them a little bit. And mm. even on I think yesterday, the club's offices got raided by the police because of uh, something to do with dodgy transfers and agents, and everybody knows there's always something fishy going on with any transfer well that you see it's not hard to to something going um, on in the background read yeah. between the lines yeah mm. um so yeah i mean it's been tough tough for them they've actually i mean batik was was suspended and then sacked um and i think that was he was given too much time um shaban gave mulan loads of time back in the day but that's because he proved to be a good coach and Batik Prudhoe is a good coach for about two months, mm. and maybe it's because they don't have the finances to to pay him off. Um, they probably can't figure out a way to get around it anyway. Yeah. But, uh, and Shaban himself had given him that four year contract, and he's I'm not going to you know he's got quite a bit of an ego, and as you I suspect as most presidents probably would do. Um, mm. So now they've got interim manager Wazama, um, and he's been at the club for. a Good while. Uh, anecdote for him was that he was the captain of Moulin's team. I can't really call now. The played in the fourth division, maybe when Moulin managed them for about eight years in the nineties, and he was a captain, so that's quite funny. <laughs> um, but he's been at the club for quite a while. He's been in charge of the, the academy that was rebuilt uh, about a decade ago, and uh, the reserves. Um, Again, another quite controversial, you know, recent uh, news article by uh, West France about him in the in the academy being, well, reports of him being abusive, uh, verbally abusive towards the the uh, the youth players, mm. and it just goes round and round and round. But yeah, he's um, now interim manager. In my opinion, I don't think Andre do sign a new manager. Um, you think they when see they, it out? Yeah, I, Shaban's been trying to sell the club for a, a year or so now. Uh, they had a, a deal fall through in the summer, and it seems like he's towards the end of his. He's been there for about two, 11 years now. This president, mm. um, I think 
they just keep on with there's no point they just think maybe there's no point spending the money on a new manager when relegation in all honestly honesty looks likely and we just yeah. go down to to league there and save our money basically and do you Especially feel like sort of based upon we all, we all watched the world cup and we saw um two <laughs> two players yeah. in particular stand out i mean Sophie and yeah. Powell, I think anyone who watched Southampton knows that it didn't really work out for him in England, but he mm. was brilliant in the World Cup. And and of course, Unahi is is the big name on everyone's lips. I'm quite surprised, actually, unless I've missed something. There hasn't been any solid links to him yet, but at 22 years of age, he he's very sellable, isn't he? So you would imagine yeah. that he will be snapped up by somebody. That must have been quite hard watching those two perform at the World Cup. It was, yeah, I mean, it's almost funny to see Buffal and Unahi, I mean... <laughs> They were uh, Morocco were amazing to be fair. I absolutely love watching them, but it was it was slightly painful to watch them tracking back and working so hard. It's obviously a different context. It's a national team, but to watch them perform so well and then every you know I remember was it Enrique said something about and now like where's this guy come from? <laughs> um, and uh, we all the Angers fans are just slowly you know uh, one single tear down the cheek perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he's he definitely. I think I think actually in the press conference before the well they're, they're playing Strasbourg in the cup um we'll, we'll get on to on Friday and uh I think Fox in America have, have got the, the rights to the Coupe de France and they're actually broadcasting that game so I'm not sure who who who's decided that no it's an interesting <laughs> how choice how them clubs are doing yeah yeah it's an interesting but, um, apparently now he's uh is injured ah okay that's where he picked that up but it mm. could be just that the club are keeping him, uh, well, injury free until they until they can sell him. Um, yeah. I see that happening. I see Buffal's probably going to leave as well this yeah. winter. Um, he's got offers from Saudi Arabia, perhaps. Yeah, that I was uh, going to say it's not going to be to a yeah. huge club. Bentaleb, yeah, Bentaleb, I think Lille were interested. Quite a few, well, a few teams in France were interested in him. He would be mm. the biggest loss probably out of all of them because he's such a. Uh, he's probably one of the best players. Well. Might be the best player I've ever seen in an Angers shirt in terms of talent, oh, um, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's sort sort of all crumbling, crumbling yeah. down. Um, but it's been you know when you look at the past two years, it, uh, nobody is shocked by this. Any Angers fan is not shocked by. Well, it might be shocked by how bad it's it's got, but you know that they were. It was um, bound to happen when you when you do this to a club, unfortunately. Yeah, do you think you'll be able to stabilize next year, or are you worried that it will be one of those ones where? I don't. Yeah, I. I don't. Honestly, I mean, it's probably for the health, for the general health of the club. It's best they do get relegated. Um, it's hard to say that, but it is best they do get relegated because it's just, it's crazy. I mean, the amount of stories and controversies and shady stuff that's gone on, and it, it you could write it like a. I mean, imagine they had a Netflix documentary, you know, <laughs> series. There'd be. They won't be able to, you know, they don't need to pad any episodes because they've had, had so much stuff. But I don't, I, I I think I was speaking to somebody on Twitter about this, but when you look at clubs that have gone down and come back up, you know, Lance and, and Toulouse and, and teams like that, I don't see that happening to Andre. They've not got the the pedigree, so to speak, of those clubs. Um, and if they, well, if they do get relegated, I don't really see... Shaban holding on. I think he probably he gets through the sales of Unawi and Buffal and, and probably tries to sell the club on. Um, but it's just so it's a completely different club that it you know from from two years ago. 
um i'd hope they would i just want to see them win a game <laughs> so maybe they you know it might be actually more enjoyable well probably will be more enjoyable watching them in, in league the next season if that does happen yeah um but they could just hope well i don't want them to do a saint etienne i was just gonna say um, that yeah saint etienne yeah. and bordeaux are the I two mean, that yeah. jump off the page yeah um i mean there's not you know they're, they're two massive clubs in terms of you know historical value to france Angers just just a little club really so I'd like them to just stabilise and have a, and just get back to being a, a quite a nice and healthy club that that fans. I mean, some of the fans have never heard whistles for their own players, and you know, and that's that's been happening. And and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty sad stuff, unfortunately, to to mm. see my uh, my beloved club slowly crumble. But um, yeah, like I said, like I, well, when you um, asked me that, Jazz just want a stable club basically i don't want all this uh, crazy i want i want to have a, you know see a, an article about andre actually be positive for the first time in yeah. about 3 years yeah or just about football not- yeah <laughs> <laughs> you could say yeah something about something on the pitch rather than yeah. rather than the, than off the pitch yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't bode well, does it? Sort of bottom of the table, like I say, with eight points, it does seem like it's it's a tough old ask to drag themselves out. Of that. I'm I like think that, yeah, they've down. been playing better the last two games. Mm. I mean, even three games into the season, well, three or four games, they looked like they were just relegated side already. There was no urgency. I mean, when you got the whole squad, it's it's pretty tough. Mm. I feel so sorry for Capel because he's, <laughs> you know, all his friends have left. Um, he's the last one there. He's got, I think, he renewed his contract for a year, and he's um, very attached to the club. He's, he's actually a councillor in the local. He's a councillor in the local region, oh. um, and he, he tries so hard. Bless him. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be worse. You could have PSG up now. Oh, wait. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> but then that aside, after that, you know, Clermont, Brest, Ajaxio. I just want to see them win a game. That would be. You know, before the end of the season, just just one win is all I'm asking for. Yeah, just yeah. just to be. I don't mind. Well, I've I've sort of done the pro the mental process and of us getting relegated already. I've done that a while back, but I just want us to be you know less terrible. <laughs> Acceptance is the first step, isn't it? Yeah. 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 What's the lowest points count for a relegated side? Is it? I think it might be maybe Trois. Did it a few years back, like eighteen or something oh. like that. Yeah, prior to that, it was Arl Avignon with twenty-two. Oh, God, and I yeah. think I think Twa then it was, it was like 18, 19, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, they were absolutely terrible. Yikes. So ten points, well, eleven points and uh, I'll be happy. Yeah, <laughs> give us eleven points and out. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I think the only thing we can say is we wish you the best of luck on that uh, <laughs> on that specific regard. Um Phil, did you, I just want to quickly mention, because we'll wrap up shortly, but did you want to mention a couple of standout Coupe de France ties? Because we've got Coupe de France this weekend, and then we go back into Liga midweek again next week. So it's all it's all kind of well, go, isn't it? I'm not sure I want to say standout. I want to, as usual, we support the Petit Poussé. We have in the uh, 30 seconds, uh, so the last 60 foot, 
I have no idea what you call it. Um, there are half a dozen teams from the District of Honour, which is the sixth tier. So half a dozen of the really little ones could make it, including the one remaining Utramao overseas team, which is Le Tampon from Reunion. I am not making this up. And while some of them are uh, L'Oreal, um, are playing away at La Chatenerie, Indeed. The chestnutery, and I think one of the others has got, um, yeah, Lumplage have got Rance, so a couple are going to presumably be killed off by some Liga Academy graduates, but some of the others, you never know, let's see who gets through. So uh, our usual cut correspondent, John Mainland, can be found on Facebook, where he will be going to as many of these games as possible, I imagine, but yeah, look out over the weekend. Um, this is where there was always the chance for a big upset if a particular Ligue 1 team decides just to send the kids and then gets turned over by some very organised locals for whom this was a historic all, moment. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Montpellier have done that, that a couple of times. Yeah. So, yeah, um, just keep an eye out. Um, hopefully, Eurosport has it uh, as. Um, Fox, I think Tom said as well. So there should be footage to be had somewhere. So keep an eye out. And uh, Lekeep actually have all of the fixtures listed this time, which is nice. So, Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. We will uh, we'll, we'll pick, pick through those that are uh, sort of no, noticeable um, ins and outs or ups and downs on next week's show. Um, one apology I'm going to make before we do wrap up today. Um, I wanted to give some long overdue praise to Raf's and uh, we haven't really had time to do it so we will do that on the next show which inevitably means that they'll probably get humped 7-0 in the next game but hopefully not um the the next round of fixtures after the Coupe de France are on next Wednesday date wise the 11th of January uh they are Rams away at Ajaxio so if they lose at 7-0 then they really are in trouble uh Auxerre against Toulouse Clermont against Rennes Nantes against Lyon and Brest against Lille they have 6pm UK time kickoffs. Uh, Lorient hosts Monaco. These are 8 p.m. games. Uh, nice uh, against Montpellier. PSG on Joe, as we mentioned there. So some will be watching from behind the sofa. Uh, Strasbourg against you know, Angers, I think. Sorry, say again. Imagine Angers win. That would just oh, piss me off even more. <laughs> I think Christophe Gauthier would have quite the evening if that was to happen. That would be hilarious. It but would. Yes, no, what um, Strasbourg against Lons must win that really for Strasbourg. But obviously in form Lons. And then Troyes against Marseille. So those will be the games that we'll cover. We will probably, I'm saying this off the cuff, but we'll probably move the pod next week to accommodate those so maybe we'll do Thursday next week if we can so if not it'll just roll on we might have two weeks to go but we'll see what we can do um so yeah look out for that um Jez I know you've got to run um but just before we wrap up uh any particular game that you're looking out for in those segment or those sort of collection box of games coming up um I think I'll say Toulouse could, could, could be quite a good match actually mm. Yeah, Toulouse sort of not in the best of form and also really needing wins and those aforementioned new signings as well. Could be a, a decent one. Anything jump off the page at you, Phil? I've lost the list now. Um, pass. Pass me. Okay. I'll chuck in Laurie on Monaco just for obvious reasons. Um, Laurie, I'm back on 
winning ways, obviously, last week, and uh, and Monaco going for the Champions League places. Um, and and any and obviously the PSG Angers game is going to be the one for you, Tom. But any any of the other games that that uh, catch your eye? It's weird to say, but Strasbourg Lance might be quite nice to watch. I always mm. the the, uh, the minnow. Yeah, um, and and I, I guess if uh, you know it's going to be a test for Lons, isn't it? Because um, they're they're flying high, but like we said earlier on the pod, I think Strasbourg very much need to get at least a performance. Mm. Um, it's never an easy place to go. So we wish for that, Andre. Yeah, performance. What is that? Wow. I shall be uh, keeping close eye on that one. Um, I mean, keeping it under three or four might be might be a good thing, but you never know. Right, um, we will leave it there. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for coming on. Very much appreciated. We will uh, no doubt invite you back on. Uh, a very, very good debut from you. So thank you very much for your time this evening. Thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. Good stuff. And obviously we wish you all the very best for the rest of the season, good or bad. Um, Phil, nice to hear you back again. I hope you have a... Yeah. A nice weekend and uh, find some Coupe de France to go. Um, Jez, we're going to let you go. We've just got a little bit to mention about the website, which I'll come back to you on in a second, Phil. But Jez, I know you've got baby duties to attend to. So thank you for popping on as usual. No problem, but I'm also recording. So yep. you, oh, you are. Charge, Chris. Oh, crikey. I didn't, I didn't plan that very well. Okay, Phil, 20 seconds or less, just in case anybody who hasn't read it um, update on the, the website. The, the website's been quiet for a while, as many you will have noticed, and we've taken the sad decision to actually stop the website. The podcast will continue, the tweeting will continue, the random retweets will continue, but the website uh, sadly will not. Uh, so we just like to say thanks to all of our wonderful writers over the years, not just Jez here and uh, obviously Rich Allen, uh, Tariq Amir, Mohamed Zahi, many, many more who have contributed, helped us out with 100, um, uh, sorry, with the, the 50 um, over the years as well. And of course, to the guy who started it all, Big Boss, Andrew Gibney. So the website, I think we've still got a month on the credit card. It should go to the end of January. So if you want to go back and look at any favourite moments, please do. But then it will be um, just the podcast, which I'm sure will be enough for you. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Phil. And thank you to you and Jess for your hard work over the years on that as well. Much appreciated. And yes, the podcast will continue. Uh, will be scheduled around whenever we can do it as always but we will aim for weekly so good stuff right we are going to wrap it up there then because Jess needs to uh, get off and feed the little one but um, thank you to you all um, very happy new year to everybody who's listening um, please do continue to send in your thoughts and feelings particularly on Twitter and uh, we'll get to those as we can and best of luck to you Tom and, and the Angers crew um, and uh, I will be very much looking forward to getting my delightful tattoo Lorient jersey which I somehow managed to cop recently they're beautiful anyway enough of that thank you all for listening we appreciate it uh, enjoy your Coupe de France action and the return of Liga again next Wednesday and we will speak to you very soon. Take care.